Hey, what's up? Welcome to Ambitious People Podcast, a podcast that was created to bring out the greatness that's already within you. Each week, we will deliver gem-dropping conversations that will encourage you to elevate in life. I am your host, Jessica. Hi, and welcome to Ambitious People Podcast. Today, I'm very excited for our special guest. She is the co-founder of High Key Sports and Entertainment, which is a sports marketing company. Uh, She also works with the San Francisco 49ers in events and fundraising. Uh, She's a graduate. She graduated from the University of Redlands with a BA in Media Studies and Spanish. She received her master's from the University of Michigan uh, in sports management. She has worked in many different sports organizations and um, even in the tech world. She's uh, done software technology, public relations, as well as hospitality. So I am super excited. She is here to share her wisdom, her gems, and just her journey um, with everything that she's done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Malia Bates to the show. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It is greatly appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Okay, so we'll get right into it. Uh, The first question that I want to ask is working for the 49ers. Is that considered your dream job? I would say, so two answers to that. Um, I'm more so like working with the athletes, whether it's managing their day-to-day their schedules, um, helping them get different deals, um, just making sure overall they're in a good place. That's more, I would say, of what my uh, ideal role is. And that's kind of the role I've taken on at my business. Um, I handle our clients a lot and really check in with them, check in with them on the day-to-day basis. So I'm kind of trying to mold that role into my own business now. Nice. Now, do you ever feel discouraged as a female working in a male-dominating industry? Um, I can honestly say I felt discouraged, but not because I'm in a male-dominated industry. Just because within the sports industry, there are so few opportunities. So it's, it's very far in between when you can actually apply to a job and there not be hundreds of people where you won't even get a call back. So I think that's the more kind of discouraging part is, is even, you know, when you submit, sometimes when you submit um, an application to a regular job, say in other industries across the board, um, they might send you an email back saying, you know, thank you for applying, but we're going in a different directions. Sometimes when you're working in the sport industry and you apply for a position, sometimes you don't hear back at all. Um, so that's kind mm-hmm. of the the discouraging factor there. Um, I can honestly say when I was with the Niners, it was a very, um, to me, I was in a very unique organization because there were so many um, women in leadership roles there. Um, I mean, it's just super diverse. They have one of the the first, and I think the only currently um, black female scout on their staff. So it was really cool just to be able to meet her, see what she's doing hear what her path was, uh, but then just be able to interact with all of the other executives there as well. Okay. What advice would you give someone that's interested in being a sports marketing agent? Definitely say to network. That's the first thing. Um, what I really took advantage of at Michigan more so than my undergraduate, just because we didn't have a sport management major. 
So there was not as many people for me to network with. I still did, but not in the same way that I did when I went to Michigan. But networking truly helps because you can go out there and make those connections so that say, say if you met someone at the Niners, just networking, talking to them, building that relationship. Maybe when you saw a role opening up, you would be able to reach out to them and they'd be able to, you know, give you some advice, um, maybe about really what the role is looking for. And maybe they would even be able to help you get that position um, or at least get an interview there, uh, which is definitely always helpful. Just being able to get your foot in the door, get an interview, get in front of someone so that they see you and really put a face um, to the name that they're seeing on the resume. Um, And then two is never burn bridges. Um, Just because the sports world, while it is huge, um, as I've learned, there's so many people who know one another and you might have a mutual connection between that person. So um, just never burn bridges, always making sure you're keeping your relationships in good standing um, because you never know how you'll interact in the future. Okay. And was it difficult to land a job with the 49ers or to land the contract? So I actually started off, um, when I graduated, I applied for a game day position only. Um, and then when I got kind of more into that game day position, because it required working at training camp as well, before the season even started, um, you know, my manager saw how passionate I was about doing that type of work and really being involved with the industry. So she actually encouraged me to apply to a position there. Um, I ended up doing the interview for the position, um, ended up getting hired on and was able to, you know, stay for the whole season and thereafter um, and go to the Super Bowl and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it really honestly just started off me with a, a part-time position um, and really just showing that initiative and making sure that even with the smallest task that you're always doing a really good job and just being helpful. Um, I mean, there is times that I've, I've done things more so than what's required in the, in the job description. So I think that's another piece of advice is if you're only trying to get into this industry to really stick to what you're doing um, on the job description that you read, nine times out of 10, you'll be going way beyond that. um, And just helping out overall for whichever department you may land in. And if you can recommend a book to our listeners, what would it be or your favorite quote that you live by? Yeah, so I have two for you. Um, Not a huge reader unless it's a book about um, sports. There's one I read. It's called Laker Girl. It's by Jeannie Buss, who is the controlling owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I really loved it just because she is one of, I think, if not the only... um, women owners in in the NBA. So it's really interesting just to read how she came from that perspective of her dad leading, you know, this iconic franchise and eventually was passed on to her and just, you know, her involvement with the sports industry. Um, And then a quote I have, let me see if I can, it's always on the back side of my phone. So let me see. It is the size of your dreams must always exceed your current capacity to achieve them. If your dreams do not scare you, they are not big enough. And that was by Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, and she was the president of Liberia. Oh, nice. 
And tell us more about your uh, high-key sports and entertainment marketing firm that you opened. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what was your inspiration? Um, I know you kind of touched on it earlier. Um, My friend and I, when we were at Michigan, uh, it was kind of close to the end of our graduation. And we were applying to all these jobs. Like I said before, weren't really hearing back from anything. Um, And we thought like, you know, at least we could hear back. Uh, but we didn't. So we were like, okay, well, why don't we try and start something on our own? Um, so that's kind of how High Key came into play. So one of our main focuses is to really make sure the athlete is set for life thereafter sport um, and to really prepare them and show them how to brand themselves, how to use their brand. Um, if they like doing foundation and community work, mentorship, really help them start doing that now so that when they retire, it's not as big of a shell shock that they're not playing sports anymore um, and that they actually have something to look forward to once they're retiring. I know sometimes a lot um, athletes really struggle with what to do once they're not playing sports. So we really think that helping them create something now that when sport is no longer in their daily lives, um, the adjustment will be a little bit easier um, and kind of another part to that is we want to make sure that that they're well versed on financial literacy, um, just with things we've we've read, what we were studying at Michigan. Um, sometimes, you know, athletes, you know, can be multimillionaires when they're playing the sport, when they retire um, or have their career cut short due to injury, they end up with little to no money. Um, so it's mm-hmm. really making sure that they're surrounding themselves with the right people. They're asking the questions, they're getting the information that they need so that they can start preparing for the future. Um, so that's one of our goals is to really make sure our athletes are prepared um, and have something for, for life post-career. Um, and then another aspect of our business is we wanted to make sure that we're also highlighting other women that are in the industry that typically, you know, people don't hear about if they're not one of the big names out there. Um, So example, we've interviewed different mental health counselors um, that work in the sport industry. We've interviewed um, high directors at the NCAA. Uh, We've talked to PhD recent grads, Um, really just a whole whole just group of people. Um, Also an Olympian that's gonna be going to Tokyo, who was supposed to be going to Tokyo this past year, um, but really just trying to get that whole view of the industry, not only looking at agents, but also looking at, like I said, someone like a mental health counselor, which that's so important um, that sometimes before recently, people were kind of brushing over that subject. Um, but now as we see it becoming more talked about and more discussed, um, which is a great thing, but just highlighting those women that are doing that work as well. Nice. And you said with mental health, um, are you saying the people like the counselors that are working with the athletes, so to speak, is who you would work with or explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So that was one of the people that we interviewed for our profile series, um, which highlights, you know, women in the industry. So that's someone that we reached out to, um, really learn her story about what she was doing, why she really got involved, um, and really the impact that she's trying to to make on the industry. Um, and while we're doing this, like you kind of touched upon it, but we're also trying to build 
a Rolodex or a directory of people who say if our athletes needed something, we could be able to reach out to these people um, since we've already spoken to them. And, you know, again, trying to build that relationship so that, you know, it's, it's, you're not looking for something when it's an emergency, but you have that already in your toolkit. Yeah, I like the way you put that. Because sometimes people wait until it's time, like, let's go here, let's find, let's figure it out now. So you already have the resources available. Exactly. Now I do have to ask, how do you balance it all? Like, um, if you have like with your clients and working for the Niners, like, how do you manage to balance everything? Yeah, um, I typically really, I put everything in my schedule I kind of have it organized just in my head of really everything I have to get done during the day. Um, our clients have our cell phone numbers. So they'll, I told everyone, that's the quickest way to contact me because if you send me something by text, nine times out of 10, I'm going to write it down on my never ending list of things to do and just kind of start crossing them off um, as things are done. But I guess I'm just thankful I really learned time management skills in middle school and high school. And that really helped me prepare for, for college and grad school. And also now um, into my career, but just being able to prioritize what needs to be done versus what can wait and so forth. Thanks. And where do you see yourself five years from now? So five years from now, I would really hope that um, I would be able to focus on my own business a little more um, and really be able to work with those athletes. Um, One of the biggest things that I preach is really making sure that they know we're here for them and we're going to treat you like family. I know a lot of them have, have had agents in the past where if they're not doing anything for them, The relationship is strictly a business deal. um, And that tie can be cut if they see that you have nothing to to offer them any longer. Um, So I really want to make sure that our athletes would know we're here for them. We're wanting to develop you. We want to make sure you're good. um, But that money is really not the root of why we're doing this. We're doing this to more so make an impact. So I would hopefully five years from now, I'd be in a space where I'd be able to really be able to focus on that and really be able to grow my business. I think it's a great thing that you're centering your business around treating the athletes like family, because it seems like it's so hard to find an agent. I would imagine that the athlete would have a hard time trying to find a sports agency that's going to be family oriented and not about money so I think that's a great I think that's great that your mission is to make sure that the athletes the athletes are taken care of and um, I think that's great what was your favorite moment with working with the 49ers I know you had a special moment so it was the game right before they were going to the Super Bowl gosh I forget who they're playing it could have been Packers maybe um, but my coworker and I, we went down to the field with like a minute and a half, two minutes left. Um, we were able to go down there and, and see all the confetti flying, all the beer and champagne going everywhere. <laughs> it was in January. So it was, it was pretty cold outside, but it was, I mean, Levi's was packed. It was something that I couldn't even try to explain to someone, 
Um, it was just a really incredible moment thinking about where the franchise was and, and how, you know, the season that they had prior and they were able to turn it around and just get to this, to this moment. It was something that I was very fortunate and feel very grateful to have experienced. Yeah, I bet that was exciting to experience that. Okay. Can you leave our ambitious listeners with any words of encouragement with anybody out there that's interested in getting into the sports marketing field or just the sports industry, period? What words of encouragement would you give those individuals? I would just say to never give up. Um, Like I said before, you might not hear back from that position. You might not get that job, but don't let that stop you. If I would have done that, I wouldn't have even had half of the opportunities I've had. That you got to find a reason beyond, you know, getting that job or being with that organization to to really figure out your why. That's what I would say. Figure out your why and let that why drive you so that even when you think about giving up, you remember that why and you go from there. And also to not let it discourage you when someone, you know, may not, I don't know, they might not value your opinion, but put those opinions out there because someone is going to listen. If you, if you know what you're talking about, you can back up everything you're saying. Someone is going to listen to you. So be persistent. So I would say never to give Mm -hmm. up, be persistent and to always make a seat at the table. If it's not at theirs, create your own because... If you're backing yourself up and you have good ideas, eventually they're going to want to come to your table. Okay. Well, we do thank you again for sharing your gems and sharing your knowledge. I do appreciate your time. And thank you so much for doing this for me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jessica. I appreciate it. Hey guys, and thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening. Malia did drop some great gems and resources. So I hope you captured that. Please, if you're not following Ambitious People Podcast on Instagram, go ahead and do it now so you can get all of the latest episodes, guests, you name it. Thank you again for tuning in to Ambitious People Podcast.